Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of a podcast that me and Connor Becker would like to call Fieldhouse Friends. It's finally here. It's kind of at a weird point of the college basketball season. Kansas is 20 games into their season, but here we are doing Fieldhouse Friends. My name is Sam Lentz. I'm going to be your host for this podcast. I'm a Kansas basketball and football beat writer for 24-7 Sports over at Fog.net, and this is now my second year covering KU after covering the Jayhawks for the University Daily Kansas last year, and I'm joined by Connor Becker of Jayhawk Slants of Rivals. Connor, how are we doing today? Not bad, Sam. How's your morning going? Oh, it's it's going great, you know, loving every second of it. Soaking up at the minutes. Of course. <laughs> So, Connor, could you uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so like you said, I kind of over Jack Slant, just doing a little bit of everything for basketball and football. And um, right now, we just you know covered up the Kentucky game last night, and I think everybody kind of had a late night working on that one, and it was kind of a tough one, kind of a tough one to watch. Yeah, me and Connor are both in the J School here at the University of Kansas, both getting involved early in our careers here with different publications, and. Uh, competing publications at that with Rivals and and 24-7 Sports, but we're good buddies, so here we are, episode one of what we'd like to call Fieldhouse Friends, and it's coming after a very interesting week of Kansas basketball, two top 15 games inside of Allen Fieldhouse. We'll get to all of that coming up next. Welcome back, everybody, to Fieldhouse Friends. First off here, we're going to start on KU's most recent game, uh, Battle of the Blue Bloods between Kansas and Kentucky at Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday. The game was you know, really hyped up going in. Uh, college game day was in town for the first time in person on campus in, in two years, and Seth Greenberg you know, kind of hinted, you know, there's no better place to really start than, than Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, the, just the hype around this game in general was, was large coming in. So, Connor, what, what was kind of your takeaway there of, of the game? Kansas ended up falling 80-62 to 62 at home. It was the second worst home loss in the Bill Self era. I think the biggest thing that stood out to people was just kind of how bad Kansas was off the glass. You know, the the margin wasn't terrible. I think it was 29 to 22. But, and they, and they did a little better job in the second half, clean up the boards. But it seemed whenever they did get the rebounds and they got the ball in transition, they could not get a spark going and they could not get the offense to feed off that. Yeah, the, the rebounding numbers ended 41-29 in Kentucky's favor. Kentucky also grabbed 12 offensive rebounds and, and put in... 17 second chance points you know really they just dominated KU down low and David McCormick and Jalen Wilson they're two players that are top three in the Big 12 in rebounding they didn't really show it against Kentucky I mean really they they just dominated the paint it was kind of eerily similar to how KU played against K-State in the second half uh, whenever they were able to come back and win that game that's how Kentucky played in the first half and through spurts in the second half. They were simply more aggressive, and they just grabbed more balls, you know, away from Kansas. I think people expected David McCormick to look a little better against Kentucky, too, you know, especially after having a double-digit game against Kansas State. You know, you think he was kind of getting out of his slump a little bit now and kind of waking up, but 
I think Kentucky kind of maybe, you know, raises a couple red flags. Yeah, I, Bill Self has said previously that out of that five spot, he'd like to get 20 points and 12 rebounds. Well, if, if you look at the stats from this game, the Kansas Bigs didn't really get near that. McCormick had three points. Uh, Mitch Lightfoot actually led the way with six points out of the five spot, and K.J. Adams had four. So that, of course, would be 13. That's not exactly where uh, Self would want that with 20 points. And then if you look at the rebounding numbers, David McCormick grabbed one rebound in 16 minutes. K.J. Adams didn't grab a single rebound, and Mitch Lightfoot had seven rebounds out of the five spot. I mean, simply, if KU can't rebound the basketball, then they're going to have a hard time, you know, putting these teams away and, and getting these quality wins against teams like Kentucky. I definitely think a, a little part of Candace was exposed yesterday with Kentucky's dominance in the paint. I think Kentucky had something like 17 second-chance points, too, and I think KU only ended with, like, six. So I think they definitely beat him inside, and uh, I think that might have been a pretty big factor early on. And yesterday, the defense was not Kansas's best. And, of course, it, it seemed like every time Kansas actually did get a stop on defense, you know, Oscar Schwebe or Keon Brooks, somebody else, they were there to get the offensive rebound and, and steal Kentucky another possession. Just what do you think about KU's defense yesterday overall? Yeah, you're right. Schwebe was a tough guy to handle in the second half. They put K.J. Adams on him and... I remember here at Ochai after the game, he talked about, you know, hey, KJ's going to give heart, but he's not going to be able to keep up the entire second half. You know, you're only going to get so much out of KJ. And um, I think it was kind of a, a poor move, in my, in my opinion, to, to put him in there in the second half and try and make a switch like that on, on such a, you know, talented big like Trebe that's just been in the SEC and has such competition, has been, you know, tested and true. And coming, you know, from the Big 12 where he's familiar with it, KU's defense or offense, it's, uh, it's going to be tough every time to put a freshman like that in there. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch the tape yet. That'll be something I, I do later this afternoon. And I'll have a, a VIP film room story later on KU's defense. But, I mean, simply put, KU did not guard well at all. Their, their communication and, and awareness sometimes was, was really off on defense. I mean, really, they couldn't guard any... Kentucky players one-on-one, -on -one, hence why Self ended up going to a triangle and two-look and then the 2-3 zone there in the second half. But, I mean, really, KU just didn't guard anybody. I mean, Keon Brooks has scored 20-plus points in his career two times heading into the KU-Kentucky game, and he ended with 27 points. I believe he shot 9 of 16 from the field, 9 of 10 from the free-throw line. He also grabbed eight rebounds and, and just simply scored over Kansas uh, pretty often. And right whenever KU, you know, they, they cut that lead to uh, to 14 points, uh, Keon Brooks just kind of went off from there, sunk some mid-range jumpers in. What did you kind of make of KU's defensive effort? Well, stopping Keon seemed to be pretty difficult. You know, they didn't have to defend the three too much because they were, you know, forcing gaps and getting through. And they, they wanted guys like Keon to shoot the mid-range jumper because they thought they could defend it well. But when you give him that much space, he's going to knock those shots down every time. And he was doing just that last night. He was he seemed like he, you know, he couldn't stop. Yeah, even Oscar Schwebe was, you know, hitting some of those mid-range jumpers. I remember at one point in the second half, he, he hit one of the jumpers and uh, – 
he he looked toward the bench and was pointing at them in excitement because you know it's just it's not a shot that that Oscar really consistently hits even though this year you know he's shown improvement in that area but yeah KU just they allowed Kentucky to basically get whatever they wanted like it really looked like Kentucky was just at ease on offense KU didn't really disrupt anything that they were doing and you know they they just did not guard at all uh and not only did they not guard, they had one of their worst offensive games of the season. Coach Bill Self said after the game that, you know, the offense really never got rolling. You know, it took two plus hours and post game still wasn't rolling. I thought that was pretty funny from what he said yesterday. Coach, why do you think it took the offense so long to get rolling tonight? It never got rolling. Uh, 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 I, I agree with you. It took you. It took us two two plus hours, and it's still not rolling. So, but a, a lot of that is, you know, we never got to the free throw line. You know, free throws were were were, were very lopsided. Uh, and but that's not because they were bad calls. That's because they were the most aggressive team. The most aggressive team always shoots the most free throws. KU had their least efficient scoring output of the season. 0.93 points per possession. The previous season low was 1.05 points per possession, and that came on a loss to Texas Tech on January 8th. Uh, 65-67 loss for KU. And their 62 points is also tied with the Iowa State game as a season low. What did you make of just the Jayhawks' offense? I thought it was pretty stagnant compared to some of the stuff we'd seen from them in you know second halves against Texas Tech and Kansas State. Um, you know, they shot 22% from the behind the arc in the second half, which is just abysmal for a game that you need to get back into, especially when you get a, you know get that lead down to 14 on a little run from Abadji. But um, it seemed there in that last 10-minute stretch that they just kind of got burnt out. They were, you know, run down. They had been trailing the entire first half. And when the switch to KJ didn't work and they can't match up to Shwebe, it's just not going to work. And I think they really, you know, got caught in the caught in the hook. Yeah, and for the most part, Kentucky was, was also able to keep Ochai Abaji in check. Uh, he was coming off, of course, that career-high 37-point game against Texas Tech on Monday. And then he dropped 13 points yesterday. Uh, he was 1 for 6 to start the game. And then, of course, he, he helped Kansas on kind of that mini run there to, to get back in the game. But, I mean, it's, it, it's tough. I mean, Kentucky was basically face-guarding him. Uh, most of the game they weren't allowing him to get really any easy looks and as Ochai said after the game just stuff really just wasn't falling for him yeah I mean Ochai can't always be you know the guy he's not going to be the guy every time and they got to learn to swing that ball around a little bit more and find some people that are going to you know get a little open shot they found Christian a couple times and I think they wanted those to fall I know Remy had like an early three but he never he didn't have much success after that um, it's, it's just it's a real real situation that they're going to take a hard look at and go back to the drawing board before they play Iowa State here on Tuesday. Yeah, and one, one of the bigger headlines heading into this game was kind of the, you know, the Ochai Abaji, Oscar Schwebway National Player of the Year race. They're both two of the, the top leading candidates. Uh, the College Game Day crew, whenever they came in and, and talked to us about it, they said that this game, you know, could have a lot of weight and, and said National Player of the Year conversation because you have two of them going head-to-head, -head. and, you know, let's face it, Oscar Schwebley, he got he got the better of KU, he got the better of Abaji, uh, 17 points, 14 rebounds, uh, that's about where his season averages are, 
and he did it against KU, was really dominant on the glass. Uh, you know, Baji, it might have been a little bit of a step back for him as far as, you know, his National Player of the Year hopes, but there's a lot of basketball left, and there's a lot of big games that KU is going to play to where he can still get to that point. But Oscar Schwebe definitely made a statement inside the fog in Allen Fieldhouse uh, about his National Player of the Year candidacy. For sure. I think I don't know if it knocks Ochai completely down a peg, but you are right. We'll make him take a hard look at what he wants to accomplish here before they get into March. Welcome back, everybody, to Fieldhouse Friends, Episode 1. We have our first guest on the show. We have Shay Wildeboer uh, of Rivals. Shay, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. It's been a scramble this morning, but here we are. We're recording Fieldhouse Friends. Uh, just first thing, Shay, what were kind of some of your takeaways from last week? Uh, Texas Tech, home win. And then, of course, the big Kentucky loss on Saturday. Yeah, it was a huge, um, a huge Kentucky loss. I mean, you guys, two two teams showed up, um, but I think really only one was ready to play. Kentucky just looked like a completely different team. Everything they did, um, it looked like they were just miles ahead of Kansas. I mean. Bigger, more athletic. Um, it really, to me, it just looked like the game came easy to them. Um, you look at it, they didn't have any blocks, but everything, to me, it looked like around the basket was, was contested. You know, Kansas missed layups. Um, you know, they missed shots around the basket, and, and a lot of that was due to Kentucky. And um, It just looked like two completely different teams. Um, and I know Coach Self, after the game, um, you know, talked about, I think, like the effort and the try. You know, you try hard, but it just... You know, if I remember correctly, Jalen Wilson opens the game with a three. Um, Kentucky comes down and hits a two. Uh, Brown um, converts a lob. It's five to two. And after that, it was never close. I think Kansas cut it to 10 to eight early on in the first half, but it was never, I mean, it was never a game. You know, in the second half, you talk about a a 19 point comeback against uh, Kansas State. Um, but it's completely different against Kentucky. That's a completely different animal with athletes and future pros and, um, yeah, it was shocking to me. I, I, I didn't. I figured it would be a close game. I wasn't for sure if Kansas was going to win. Um, but what I didn't expect is just to Kentucky to come in and um, basically impose its will on Kansas. So yeah, huge, huge win for them. Uh, you know, the Texas Tech game. Obviously, you win in double overtime. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if anybody was going to take the shot to go into overtime. It didn't look like anybody wanted the ball. Um, you know, Abaji hit some big shots. Ended up with thirty-seven points. Um, but again, you know, Kansas uh, Kansas has a big lead. What they're up by twelve in the second half. Um, I think nine oh six left in the second half. And again, you just you got to find a way to close those games out, or you're going to make life interesting on yourself. And um, Kansas needed double overtime. They needed plays to be made. But realistically, it's it's a game that should have been won. And um, you know, after the second half, so interesting week and another one coming up this week. Big week coming up for Kansas basketball. Maybe the biggest week um, left in the regular season. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, KU plays two, you know, top 15 games inside Allen Fieldhouse, one against a team that I believe is currently second in the Big 12 or third in Texas Tech, and then a blue blood in Kentucky, and then you turn around the next week and it might be even harder. 
And KU plays at Iowa State. And then, of course, they have the ultimate test against Baylor at home. And then follow the, following that will be Texas on the road. But, Shay, do you think KU can get out of this stretch with, with three wins? What's just kind of your take on the gauntlet that is the Big 12 this year and, and the next few games coming up? My take is is I wouldn't worry about going 3-0. and I know that's what fans love to do. Um, you kind of love to look at the schedule and say, well, can you get this or that? I, I, the first thing you got to do is you got to go to Iowa State and win. That, that, that's the bottom line. This is a Iowa State team that's 12-2 and at home. Um, this is an Iowa State team that not long ago almost beat Kansas and Lawrence. Again, Kansas had a lead. I think they were down nine in the first half then um, got up by nine in the second half. I think had a six-point lead with a handful of minutes to go, and next thing you know, they're trailing. Um, you know, you need a last-second layup um, by uh, Dewan Harris. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a really, I mean, this is a game where you have to look at yourself in the mirror and kind of decide um, how this thing is going to go. And, and I said this two days ago in one of my columns that this is a team where if everybody's playing, if Abaji's playing well, and Brown's playing well, and Wilson's playing well, and McCormick's playing well. And, you know, Dewan Harris is kind of running things, and Remy, Mar- Remy Martin is doing his thing. This is a really good team, which was evident if you look at the West Virginia game, um, kind of an example. But if you give a game like yesterday where, you know, Oates struggles, finishes with 13, Brown struggles, finishes with 13, no other guy scores more than eight, no low post presence, um, how are you going to win games if you're not defending well? You know, you talk about that kind of grinded out type of game. You know, if you're not scoring the ball, how are you going to win? You have to defend. And, you know, this team has, has struggled in that area. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got – and the thing that Self said last night was that everything that happened yesterday is correctable. And everything that this team hopes to accomplish is still within reach. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of things have got to happen. I mean, the first thing you got to do is you got to beat Iowa State. That's the first thing. And, and how do you do that? Who Who's going to be the guy or guys that are going to show up? Because it just can't be Oach. I mean, he's, he's great, and he's been great all year. Yesterday, obviously, was a struggle, but, um, you know, you look at his performance against K-State, you look at his performance against Tech, he's had other big performances. I mean, it just can't be a one-man show. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, last last time KU played Iowa State, it was Ochai who led the way with 22 points. And from there, it was, you know, it was a little bit of a drop-off. CB scored 13. He was just 5 of 13. Then, of course, DeWan with that, you know, last second layup. Uh, what are what are some other things you kind of noticed from that Iowa State game? And what will be some keys for KU to grab a win? If you get a lead, you got to protect a lead. That's the thing. I mean, the, the first thing you got to do is after this Kentucky game, to me, is you got to come out strong early. You need to make a statement, get some confidence, um, see some shots fall. Um, and if that's not happening, you got to make some, um, some stops defensively. You can't let Iowa State go down the court and make it look. To me, the last few games is, is teams are scoring easily. I mean, you look at, even though K-State was up, what, 19 or 17, um, a lot of stuff they were getting, to me, looked easy. You look at Kentucky, there was really no pushback yesterday. Um, you know, you look at, you look at the Texas Tech game. My God, I mean, Kansas was up, what, what did we say, 12 or whatever it was, and, and Texas Tech battles back and, um, you know, they take the lead and you got to get into double overtime and things like that. You got to be able to, if you have a lead, you have to be able to, um, to maintain that lead. Um, you know, when guys come off the bench, I think Bill said last week, the goal isn't to um, increase the lead, but to keep it at what it is. And if um, guys come off the bench and they're losing, obviously you don't want to get by more. You kind of want to maintain what it is. Um, so you got to be able to, to close games out. you got to be able to look at each other in the eye when there's adversity 
and know that you can get through that. And, and I think mentally tough. I think this team is mentally tough. I think they, they've seen some things and been through some things um, that have allowed them um, to have that belief and that confidence. But, guys, I mean, when uh, everybody knows Kansas can win the Big 12. Um, you know, they, they've done it time and time and time again. But I think now you're at a, at a point where, you know, after the, the first COVID year hit, when Kansas was the clear-cut favorite to win the title, um, you know, then last year the USC game, and things, I mean, it's to the point now where you want to see success really when it matters most. Um, and to me, um, you know, this, these last 15 games or whatever is, you, you're going to have to, you're going to want to see guys, um, step up and emerge as guys that can make plays when the games matter most. Um, and so I, I think that's another thing I'll be looking for. I mean, who can, aside from Ochai Abaji, really, and this isn't being negative against anybody. I mean, Ochai and the, who else is a guy that really Kansas can count on game in and game out? I mean, is there really a guy that, I mean, Braun's been good in stretches or Brown's been good in stretches. I mean, David had his moments. Um, but is there one or two guys that you can really look at and say, he's a gamer? I mean, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head with, you know, there's a handful of guys that, you know, have shown flashes, but no one's really emerged. But, um, I mean, it, it's kind of critical that you get a few of those, you know, guys to step up now because looking ahead in the schedule, you have a matchup with Baylor, you know, and I know they just came off a, a pretty tough loss to, to Alabama in that SEC Big 12 challenge, but... When they come to the building, you know, on Saturday, um, you know, the Bears, you know, KU is one of the teams to beat. But, you know, now, what are you, what are you, what are you looking at for Baylor? Yeah, you got, I mean, the guys got to, you got I mean, the, guy, the guys have got to come. When I look at this team, the thing that I think this team needs, I mean, you got to have, obviously, Oach. You got to have Christian. You got to have Jalen. And you got to have David. And even... Um, to me, from a scoring perspective, Remy, because when Remy's pushing the ball up and down the court, uh, you know, when he's getting to the basket, when he's playing with energy and um, running this team, I mean, he's good. this team is good when, when, when he's playing like that. Um, you know, I think Harris just needs to be Harris. I don't think, you know, he's I, I, wide open and he doesn't do, I mean, defense is just backing off and um, he just doesn't want to shoot the ball. So, so I think he's he's going to be the guy that you just put the ball in and say. I mean, Bill trusts him. Bill knows that, or Coach knows that he's not going to make a mistake. Um, Bill knows that he's not going to do anything um, to play out of character. He's not going to force anything. He's not. I mean, I, I just think that's one of the things that that Coach likes about him. Um, I think he's kind of his 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 safety protector, his glue guy, whatever you want to call it. And I know a lot of KU fans don't like that, but that's just he's. He's a safe bet. He's going to do what's asked of him, and he's not going to look to, to force any. But I think you need a guy like Remy. I mean, I do. I think you, this is a guy that averaged close to 20 points last year, was the preseason Big 12 player of the year. Obviously, I know he's a little nicked up, but he's he's got flash. He's got charisma. He's got energy. He's got uh, passion. I mean, he loves the big moment. Um, and I think in order for Kansas to be successful, he's got to be on the court. I do. I, I just think he brings another element to this team that is lacking when he isn't on the court. Uh, he's just, and you guys have seen it. Uh, I can't remember who it was, maybe um, Texas Tech game, maybe, or Iowa State, you know, standing at the at half court, waving his hands in the air, fired up, jumping around. Those That's contagious. You make a play like that, then you make another play, all of a sudden everybody's feeling it. And I think that, I think that's what this, KU, listen, I saw at the game last night, you know, I, I looked around and saw a guy like Travis Relaford, um, you know, I saw, uh, you know, Keith Langford, Nick Collison. I mean, guys that night in and night out brought it on both ends of the court. 
um, guys that just had that desire, that drive um, to win. And, and, and this is a negative about this team. All teams are different. That's how it's going to be. All teams are different. But I think at different teams um, on different years, you need guys to play different roles. That's just how it is. Um, and I think with Remy, he's a guy that, that can supply – I think Seth Green, Greenberg said this yesterday or two days ago, and Connor, you were there. I think there's energy givers and energy takers. To me, Remy's a guy that gives energy, gives great energy. Um, so I, I think you need that. And listen, I'm not a, I'm not a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Stoff has forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. Um, but when I see the team at its best and I see Remy doing what he's doing, I see a different team. And I, I, again, that's that to me, that's another thing that, um, needs to happen, and, and I saw somebody yesterday on our board posted that um, you know Remy and I didn't. I, I wasn't close yesterday like I normally am. Remy was limping around a little bit. Um, he came out late with warmups, and which has kind of been his routine the last few games. Um, so maybe he's not at 100. percent Maybe he, he he can't go the way he wants to go. But I know when Remy's healthy and Remy's Remy, he just he brings a different element. You know, you need a low post presence. Um, you know, you need a guy that can rebound. Um, you know. Kentucky yesterday dominated the glass, kind of the way Kansas dominated the glass against K-State. So I, I, I do believe the pieces are there. Um, obviously not as athletic as a Kentucky team, but there are things that you can do to offset that if you do things the right way. So that's the first thing I'm looking for Tuesday is just a, a bounce back, see where the drive is, see who, um, see how they respond, see who wants it. Um, and when I meet, when I say one, I mean who wants to step up, take the shots, when things are going bad, who's going to stop a start? You know, stop a Iowa State scoring streak. Who's going to grab the big rebound or hit the big free throw, or just just little things like that that um, kind of add up in the in the in the um, column. Yeah, for sure. And you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit uh, talking with you so far. You know, Ochai, he's been consistent, but you know, who will really truly step up and be that second guy? You know, CB, he's been that at times. Dave and Jalen, they've both shown flashes. But, I mean, do you think this team is is in need of a true number two option? And who do you think can kind of emerge into being that guy? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think absolutely. I mean, you can't just go into the, a game knowing you have one guy and don't know who the other guy – I mean, yeah. I think, I, mean, I think as we move on – you know, you asked me that a few weeks ago. I would have said Christian, and now maybe I'm thinking more um, – Jalen, I just obviously nobody was good yesterday, guys. I mean, I think I think self would say the same thing. Nobody was good when you're when you get down the way Kansas did, um, and maybe you try to force shots or or make plays or this or that or you guys. It's still January. I know we got a new month coming up. It's still January. Kansas is seventeen and three. I don't think you need to to to, to step over the ledge just quite yet. But, but I do think that, that that there is some questions that need to be answered. One of them being, as you mentioned, who's the second guy? Um, you know, you guys, Christian was so good early on. You know, he was scoring, obviously, downtown, uh, scoring off the bounce and kind of adding an element to his game that we hadn't seen, kind of the way he was in high school and um, when he was playing for Mocan. Um, at the same time, uh, 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 sorry, uh, Wilson, um, Jalen was, you know, he had the suspension to start the season. Um, took a little bit of time to get adjusted. Now he's he's kind of there. Yeah, I, I would think I think Jalen. Um, you know, I think I think if you if and you can't completely wipe out yesterday's game, uh, but I think you kind of push it to the side. I would say I would think you would say you know obviously Oach is right up there. Um, J- Jalen's up there. Um, 
you know, Christian. But, but I think all those guys, um, I think the good news for Kansas is that all those guys are capable. You just don't know um, exactly when or where it's going to happen. And to me, that's the thing. That's the thing, um, you know, that needs to happen. I mean, you guys left yesterday. Let me see here. What do I got here? Obviously, you know, 13 and 13 for those two. Um, Oach was 4 of 14. Christian, 5 of 11. Jalen, 3 of 10. So it's not like one or two. They all struggled. And Kentucky could do, um, you know, no wrong. 27 for Keon, 17 for Oscar, uh, 11 uh, for Jacob Toppin, 12 for uh, Kellen Grady. I mean, it's just – it was just one of those games where Kansas got suffocated. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, I think the three guys that really need to perform um, for Kansas, Jalen, obviously, uh, Ochai and Christian, those would be the guys that I would point to. And, you know, if David can become the David that – that the Kansas, you know, saw kind of last year in Big Twelve play towards the end of the season, and, and he shows signs of that. I mean, he's 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 had some games where what do you have back to back career highs in rebounding? I think mean, what fifteen and fifteen, uh, three of the last four games or two of the last three. I don't know exactly, but yeah, I mean, so the pieces are in place. They're not as athletic as, as some teams are going to be, and I know uh, coach would hope to to fix that with the portal. I'm after the USC game. Um, you know, you've got one guy, Cam Redshirting. You've got another guy, Yusefu, who isn't playing a lot. You've got another guy, uh, Remy, who's got a nagging injury and isn't where he needs to be. So, you know, you got to roll the dice with what you have and and see what happens Tuesday. And then you get one Tuesday, turn another one into Saturday, and then get to Austin and see where you're at. But the first thing you got to do is win Tuesday because if you don't, you know, then, then the questions remain. Definitely, Shay. I mean – we're going to have to see, you know, what options can emerge for that Jayhawk team. But even even if you get, you know, get guys back in a rhythm and they start, you know, getting maybe two or three wins in the schedule and start to get a groove, what do you think KU's ceiling would be? I mean, it's debated. People talk about it all the time. I mean, we're gonna, I guess we're going to find out a lot through, the, you know, this, the next set of this next stretch of the schedule. But, but what do you think the ceiling can be for this team? I think they can be a team that can make it a deep run in March. Or then they could be a team that you know loses that first weekend. I, I, I mean, you guys, you saw it against, you saw KU play extremely well against West Virginia, eighty-five, uh, I think fifty-nine in Lawrence. Uh, let me go back and look here. You had Jalen Wilson with twenty-three and eight, and five assists, two steals. Ochai Baji twenty and seven. Um, David McCormick nineteen and fifteen. There you go. And uh, you know when KU's playing like that, they can play with anybody. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, you saw them be, again, people are going to say, well, it was the first game of the season. Well, the first game of the season still counts. They beat Michigan State. Um, you know, they, they've, uh, they, you know, they beat an Iona team that I, I'm not, I don't know exactly sure where Iona stands, but I don't think they've lost more than a couple games, if that, since, um, you know, since Kansas beat them. Um, you know, you, you, you got a Missouri, and again, I know it's Missouri, and I know Kansas fans are going to probably laugh at this or, or what. I mean, this is a team that what beat Alabama, if I remember correctly, and just took number one Auburn down to the wire in a game where, uh, you know, Conzo Martin didn't call a timeout and rolled the dice and lost. Um, so this, I mean, they beat a Missouri team 102 65. Um, you know, they won in Stillwater, which is never, I mean, the year they won the title, uh, in 2008, I believe they lost at Stillwater, K State, and another game. Um, you know, they, they beat a good Iowa State team by one at the buzzer. They trounced West Virginia. They go to Norman. And, and people, I mean, people are going to look at Oklahoma's record and say this or that. You guys, life on the Big 12, pardon my language, is hell. It's a gauntlet. 
And the way you have to win in the win the Big Twelve is you win. You got to hold serve at home and sneak a few on the road. They won at Norman. You know, you go to K State, you're down seventeen. Again, people are going to say, well, K-State's no good or this or that or Bruce Weber's on his way out. Guys, it's a rivalry game. It means as much to those guys as it does to Kansas. And I know people might not believe that, but believe me, it does. I don't know if you've ever been to to Manhattan for a game against KU, but it's an absolute – I don't even know the word to use. I mean, it's like – it's as crazy as any game there is. got Sandstorm, you got the fans on you, everything. That game means something to them. KU's down, what, 16 and a half? Um, 17 or 18 in the second half with 18 left, they come back to win. That's that's a sign of a tough team. Again, Texas Tech, what, I think they were up by 12. Oh, I need to look there. Up by 12 with nine minutes to go. Looks like they've got the game in hand. All of a sudden, Texas Tech comes back and basically should have won that game. Didn't KU gets to, to over the double overtime and wins. So I, I, I think, um, and then you obviously you look at the Kentucky game and um, just a, a completely one-sided affair. I think this team is a team capable of, of making a Final Four run, and I think this team is capable of um, not making out of the first weekend of the tournament. I think it depends on matchups. I depend, it depends on who shows up and when. It depends on kind of uh, how they look at themselves in the mirror and decide, hey, um, what happens now? How do we correct this? And when does that process begin? I mean, so, yeah, I mean, you guys, yesterday Bill Self made it clear. I mean, crystal clear. What did he say? Oh, but you guys were there. He said, if I had my choice of beating Kentucky today or beating Iowa State Tuesday, I would beat Iowa State. His words, not mine. I want to make that clear. I hate using the word I because it gets kind of misconstrued. Those were his words. Yeah, no, he said it. He said, now, you guys, listen, I, I want to win both. But he also said after the game that beating Kentucky wasn't really in the cards for Kansas on that yesterday because Kentucky just, or excuse me, Kentucky just came out and smacked him. I mean, that's it. But he made it clear that if he had a choice of winning one of the two games, he said defeating Iowa State was more important than Kentucky. So, to me, you know, the, the stretch begins tomorrow. you got Iowa State, then you come home to Baylor, and then you go to, to Texas. But like I said, before anything happens with Baylor or Texas or Oklahoma or whatever, you have to start a new streak Tuesday. People want titles, and uh, you know, and – uh, is, is this team capable of, of, of doing that? Uh, I mean, maybe at their ceiling when McCormick and Wilson and Abaj, I mean, you got, when you got three guys that are hitting shots and a guy down low, and then you got a playmaker like Remy, I mean, that's, that, that, that's on, on paper. I mean, they're good. They got a chance to be really good. And if you win this conference, I'm guessing if, if KU wins this conference outright, I'm guessing by a game or two, they're going to, um, at least be in the discussion for the top, for a top seed, I would think. No lower than a two. I mean, I think some things would some seriously have to happen for the one of the Big Twelve not to get a one seed. That's just, I mean, that's just me thinking out loud. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think everything you want is still. I mean, it, it, nothing's going to be easy, is what I would say. I, I know KU fans are frustrated today, and um, I get it. I understand it. Um, you know, you've got a home game against a team that you trail by. I think yesterday was three for the. Top spot overall in terms of wins as a program. Now it's four. College game day, it's a day full of excitement and energy and uh, just everything. And it's set up, and then it, it, it just all falls apart before you get a chance to get sit down and get comfortable. But I, I think if, if, if you're patient with the team and um, give them a chance to maybe correct some things, I mean, this, this thing's far from over. Yeah, Shay, well, thank you very much for, for your insight. Uh, that'll basically wrap it up for, for this uh, segment. 
but stick around for a little game that we're going to play called This or That with Shay up next. All right, guys, we're back here with Shay, and we have a little game to play called This or That. Basically, we're going to be giving Shay two options, and he has to choose one with a little bit of explanation. First one that I'm going to throw at you, Shay, is who would you rather have on your squad, Senior Ochai Abaji or Senior Frank Mason? Goodness, you guys. Really? Um... Frank Mason's a dog. I'll take Frank. I mean, killer instinct, killer mentality. Um, and, and again, this is this is nothing against Oach. Um, you, you know what he's done this year is phenomenal. But just just based on what I know about Frank, um, and uh, the way he competed, and the way I mean, the ball the ball was in his hands all the time, and he was just. Um, Dude, he was just on a different level. He was a different cat. Just a, yeah, I, I think I would have to go with with Frank. I mean, that's tough though. I mean, again, there's nothing against. It's not personal or just if, if I got to take one or the other, I'm um, I'm I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna roll with Frank on that one. I, I, I gotta do what you gotta do. I'll give you two more tough ones here: Paul Pierce or Danny Manning. Oh my god! All-time leader in, in points scored at Kansas, uh, national title in '88. Number one overall draft pick. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm rolling with Danny. I mean, yeah, Danny and the Miracles. Danny Magic. And listen, listen, and listen. You look at what, and listen, and there's, listen, you guys. At that age, I was, I was born in 1977, so that was just kind of my introduction. But I'm guessing that Paul, ton of more talents around. I mean, what do you? We we you had Rafe. Paul, you had Jock, um, all, yeah, all those guys. So I think what Danny did with that group and, and his all-time leading score at Kansas, yeah, I'll go with Danny. All right, third one for you. We're, we're sticking with some, some uh, KU uh, former players. This one is uh, kind of tricky. Are you taking Wilt Chamberlain or the field for the greatest player of all time? Oh my goodness! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Wilt. I'm gonna take my guy Wilt. Go Wilt. <laughs> the guy that, yeah, the guy, the guy that did it all, scored 100 points in the game. Um, I think he revolutionized the game. Uh, uh, just a difference maker in every aspect on both ends of the court. Um, Wilt, I, I kind of compare if this is, if I can do this. When you played Wilt, it was kind of like a defensive coordinator in the NFL preparing for a Lawrence Taylor or a Derek Thomas or what have you. I mean, there's just those guys give you nightmares. So I'm going to keep it simple, and I'm going to say Wilt. I'm going to roll with Wilt. All right, let's jump off the KU train here. Let's get a little little, little ballpark snack opinion. You uh, when you go to the you know you go out to the K. I mean, do you go out to the K much, Shay, at all? Do you try to see Royals games or no? Why don't we say Arrowhead? Arrowhead? Okay, we'll say Arrowhead. So you, you go up to Arrowhead, are you going to get some pretzels, or are you going to take the Gusky route and go with some popcorn? It's Gusky. I knew Gusky would work his way into this thing. Um, <laughs> you think he'll listen to it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I hope so. Um, 
you guys, the popcorn thing with the butter and like the, the getting it all over your fingers and like, not, not, well, I guess with the salt and too, I'm going to go with, the, you know what, I'm going with the pretzel. I'm going with the pretzel and cheese. Well, we know Jordan's not going to be too happy about that one, Shay. I can't stand well, it. Well, I'll buy Jordan the next round of popcorn Tuesday in Ames. <laughs> All right. All right. We have just one last question for you, and I, I think it's the ultimate question here, Shay. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals or Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Please. You know, the Grim Reaper delivers today at 2 o'clock. <laughs> There's not going to be another 3rd and 27 leaving – uh, Jamar Chase open and blitzing. It's, it's not going to happen. Not today. No. Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. Uh, Pat Mahomes with another big outing. The Honey Badger comes back with two picks. Uh, Chris Jones wrecks, wrecks havoc. No, no. It's going to be no. No, bur- no, bur- no cigar. No dancing in the, in the in the locker rooms. None of that. Chiefs by ten. On to the Super Bowl. Chiefs by ten. Well, there you have it, folks. Shay has has spoken Chiefs by 10, and they're going on to the Super Bowl. Shay, yep. thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to chat with us today and, and put up with me and Connor. I had a great time. I really appreciate it. Welcome back, everybody, to Fieldhouse Friends. We just got done talking with Shay there. Uh great insight from him and you know moving forward we'd also like to get some insight from you fans uh with some fan mailbag questions uh we're not doing it this week but but moving forward we'd like to do a little quick segment where we answer some fail some fan questions uh we will be dropping um mailbag sort of deal on our twitters on friday evening before the upcoming game on Saturday, because KU plays every Saturday from here on out. Uh, but feel free to drop the questions after the game as you're kind of processing, you know, what happened, and you know, ask us what you know you're kind of wanting to learn moving forward. But instead of the mailbag today, we're going to talk a little Big Twelve SEC challenge. Of course, the Big Twelve and SEC kind of have been regarded as you know two of the top conferences in college basketball this season with. Big 12 kind of having the slight advantage, but the SEC ended up taking the challenge 6-4 against the Big 12. Uh, Of course, some of the highlight games, uh, Alabama was able to beat Baylor 87-78. Some other SEC wins included Auburn beating Oklahoma, Arkansas defeating West Virginia, uh, Florida topping Oklahoma State, and then Ole Miss beat K-State 67-56. to And then, of course, you have the KU-Kentucky loss to, to round that up. Yeah, a pretty pretty poor day for the Big 12, you know? I mean, I think there was only about four teams that came out with wins. I know TCU had a win over LSU. Iowa State, you know, had some competition for Missouri there until pulling away in the second half. And I think Texas Tech and Texas both picked up wins over, I think, Mississippi State and then Tennessee, I believe. Yeah, but, uh, pretty pretty unsuccessful challenge this year for the Big Twelve. Yeah, really, the one of the biggest wins for for the Big Twelve was TCU defeating LSU. I mean, LSU is one of the top defensive teams in the country. I believe they are really high up there in in Ken Palm defensive efficiency. It actually looks like uh, I'm looking right now that they are number one in adjusted defensive efficiency. 
So for TCU to to be able to pull out a 77-68 win against LSU uh, was definitely a highlight win for the Big 12. Circling back to KU, they had some special guests in the building for college game day against Kentucky. Grady Dick and MJ Rice, a pair of five-star forwards in the class of 2022, were at Allen Fieldhouse for official visits on Saturday. I was able to briefly catch up with both of them, and I talked to MJ's father, Quentin Rice, during the college game day show. For the exclusive interview with MJ Rice, go ahead and head over to fog.net. It's a VIP read, but some some really good stuff there. Uh, Of course, both Grady Dick and MJ Rice sat behind the uh, Kansas bench during the game. Uh, Just some other recruiting news. Both of them were named McDonald's All-Americans this past week, and another KU recruit, Ernest Uda, joined them. So it's looking like a a really good class coming in to KU next year. Uh, A lot of top recruits, and two of them were in the building and were able to experience a, a good visit on Saturday. Following that little recruiting tidbit, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here at Fieldhouse Friends. Uh, it was really great time, you know, recording this first episode today. We're going to be coming out with, with episodes weekly now on Mondays, so be looking out for that. Uh, it'll be available basically anywhere you can get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever that may be. Thank you very much, guys, for, for hanging out with me and Connor Becker.